Radio TRO is in search of sponsors. Sponsors get a detailed product mention at the beginning of every episode in our catalog. You can submit your own advertisement or we can read one for you. Visit email.tro.bike and contact us directly to learn more. Hey folks, Maggie Dean here, just reaching out to tell you about a couple of great tours we have coming up. One is for the newbies and the other for the seasoned curve carvers. If you're new to motorcycle touring, check out the LMCT, Lake Michigan Circle Tour, which takes place from Sunday, July 14th to Saturday, July 20th. It's a beginner-friendly scenic bike tour around Lake Michigan with all the planning and organizing done for you. It's ideal for couples, three-wheel riders, and small groups. It offers a balanced mix of fun curves, beautiful scenery, and rest stops. If you've always wanted to go on a small group motorcycle tour but have yet to do so, this tour is for you. And for all you rabid twisty travelers, check out TRO's Wisco Disco Tour. Based in Wisconsin, this tour is perfect for experienced riders visiting as much of the Driftless area as possible over three days. Our well-vetted routes are pre-planned, so just take the time off and join us. It's a great opportunity to ride in an intimate setting away from the solo digital world. Tiro's Wisco Disco Tour launches Wednesday, August 7th, and concludes Sunday, August 11th. Again, that's two tours approaching. Visit tiro.bike, mouse over events, and select group tours to learn more. Hello, everybody. This is Travis Burleson. I'm Robin Dean. And this is the RidingObsession.com podcast. We just attended the 2015 Progressive Auto International Motorcycle Show at, what was it, Rosemont? The Donald D. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont, Illinois, located conveniently by O'Hare Airport. <laughs> Which you actually used to work right there, right? Uh, yeah, I used to work across the street at one of the, the big hotels. I know that the line right there in this photo that we're looking at right now, that I know people can't see this, but... I swear, that's my doppelganger right there. <laughs> so yeah, as we walked in, I was pretty entertained by the slot car track. I thought that was pretty cool. I heard a guy next to me talking about how, uh, you know, basically they set up a slot car track that was for slightly oversized motorcycles. It was a large three-lane uh, track that did a full figure eight. And uh, yeah, I heard one guy rolling by talking about how, uh, you know, he used to do model trains, which uh, I used to be a big fan of when I was a kid. And uh, so this really caught my eye, and they even have the stats up top. I thought that was a really good way to introduce everything for the kids, especially since uh, there were obviously a lot of strollers around. And the big kids. Well, you had like a, you had to do it to, like you could win a prize. Like what was the prize? A cheap progressive branded stuff, I think, and maybe like one big prize. Because I talked to some of the like the progressive girls, and they were like, "Oh, there was like a spin the wheel sort of thing. Like, oh, you have to like do the race, and then that." Your how you finish in the race determines which like wheel you get to spin. So if you win the race, I guess you get a better prize. So you win an opportunity to take an opportunity at winning something else. Yes. Oh, that's uh, that's wow! It's a champion maneuver on that. Yeah, I think it was a little complicated. Uh, Last year, you just went up and spun the wheel, and you got like sunglasses or a chapstick, (laughs) or you know a tote bag or something. So 
Uh, yeah. And we had the tote bag. I know we were throwing a lot of pamphlets into that. Yeah. We did a lot of writing on that. And the very first thing I saw, actually, believe it or not, the first thing I saw when I walked in was um, Tony from Analog Motorcycles here in uh, the Galena. Where am I at? I'm in Libertyville, and he is just north of me. Uh, he actually, his Indian, there it is, his uh, 1920s Indian uh, cafe racer, he is in upwards of a $75,000 bike that's been completely rebuilt and customized with all kinds of brass trimmings. Somebody kept throwing money at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that easily, hands down, would have gotten my vote had I voted for anything that was on the level. You're a bad American. I'm a bad American. Uh, <laughs> but that is a gorgeous bike. And then just past it, very first thing I know I was drawn to was because I am the current owner of a large Suzuki, I went straight to the Suzuki section. And the new GSXR, uh, good looking bike. I have this photo here with uh, Rich Scheidlich, who is uh, going for a land speed record in the next year. Um, I don't know. I, I really, mostly I just saw the, the, the signature colors of their Gixxer and thought I need to ask them about the other GSX models, which was particular to my personal favorite niche, which would be road bikes, luggage equipped. And uh, it seems that, uh, let's see. What was that the GSXF? The GSXF is. It's like the naked street fighter one, right? It is. And so what I have is a GSF uh, 1200 second generation from like 2003. And then uh, they, that became the GSX-FA, which uh, was, you know, it was basically a developed, it developed in the sport touring direction with, uh, you know, more aerodynamic headlight. And it was based on the same engine, uh, but it came with factory luggage that was absolutely gorgeous. And they continued to make that luggage. And like with my bike, this apparently... The GSX S 1000. They're not doing a 1200. The photo we have here is of a prototype version in their signature blue. Yeah, that's the um, the Street Fighter one. So it's kind of kind of reminds me of um, like the the SV before they made it look ugly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know it's got it doesn't have clip-ons. Um, doesn't. See, have now a you full say you say the SV looks ugly. They made the SV look, look yeah, ugly. Yeah, the, the new one, the the Gladius, and then they realized they like they took the SV, which was a great bike, made it look ugly, called it the Gladius, the same motor, and then they realized Gladius was a stupid name, and now they call it like the SVF, but they haven't made it look better yet. No, that's not the that's not the one where they made the transition to the square tube some time ago. This is a different, completely different animal. Yeah, it's like all kind of weird and bubbly looking. Um, I mean, so you might like it's kind of a love it or hate it, I guess, sort of styling. But uh, you know, it's that street fighter sport bike chassis, but with regular handlebars. You know, a little yeah, bit no. more relaxed foot pegs. That's what the the GSX um, S that we're looking at is. Yeah, I'm I'm past the '90s, so anything bubble and oval is uh, pretty much out for me. But this, uh, the bike we're looking at right here isn't a 15. It's a 16. I don't know if they told you that. Okay, yeah. So that's not actually out yet. Maybe they're gauging reactions. It's not even in production. It's probably in Europe. Yeah. And what I found, yeah, maybe. Uh, GSX S 1000. They're not doing a 1200. And politely enough, they pulled me aside after I mentioned an interest in luggage, got my information. And they had said that the, you know, the guy that was in charge of that particular bit of the show expressed that uh, he had he had the ability to contact those in charge who are taking notes on what people mention about the bike. And what's particular to me is I want hard luggage. I want a comfortable sport bike. I'll probably get something full fairing eventually someday. And something that blocks wind and has full luggage for long distance touring. And they don't have 
luggage for this yet, nor do they have one for the actual release, which they had in uh, flat black. This right here, uh, that's the same bike. It's a really nice profile. It's a tough looking, you know, street fighter. That is the 15, which doesn't look much different. Oh, uh, it's, a, it's a little less. It's got a, it doesn't have the, yeah, like the sport skirt on the bottom. Um, but yeah, I could see, you know, where that, they could put a little more plastic on it and make it more touring friendly. Well, because I think in the literature too, it says sport tour, but they don't have luggage. Yeah, which is confusing. I mean, it's, it's an undefined genre. We picked a niche that it's not a manufactured label, really. This caught my eye. I thought this was great. This is the GW250. Is this a brand new model altogether? No, that's been out for a couple of years. The, the, I forget which one came first. Because now, as a show, they had two. There was just one. I think the, the GW250. Um, they were both 250s. Yeah, and then they had like the 250F. So one is kind of a naked, and the other one's they got more fairing and a windshield on it. Right. And that's a great entry level. I mean, that just has an entry bike. That's kind of cool. If you're, if you're making the transition from a naked bike, which I personally feel everybody should start with a naked bike, just because it's as close to a bicycle as you're going to get with a motor on it. Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, if you're really going to be commuting and you live in the anywhere but Southern California, you know, the one with a bit more fairing on it and the windshield might do you better if you're going to be riding in, you know, cold weather or a little bit of fog or something. Alaska. <laughs> yeah. I'm all, you know, Antarctic. And the one you're talking about is this right here. That's the naked version. Yeah. The only thing wrong with this bike is the fender. It's got this big, like, big clunky like busa looking fender on it on this little 250 and it totally looks out of place otherwise i think the styling's good i like the way the uh the turn signals are integrated into the bodywork there on the edge of the gas tank oh yeah that's super clean i know um you know a lot of the the test rides compared to um, a current competitor like you know the the cbr or the ninja 250 or 300 now they bump those up to 300 you know it's heavier and slower and less of a sport bike but if you're a beginner and you're looking for a commuter or a starter bike maybe you don't want a sporty seating position which the cbr and the ninja have and this has more of a it's definitely a a standard motorcycle which actually stands out compared to the tu 250 there which i've heard i mean i don't i'm still an entry-level mechanic at best you know i've been riding for five years i've been getting my hands dirty making my mistakes going along the Going along in the motions, but I see the TU250 there, and I've only heard that it's nothing short of a disaster in so many directions. Really? I've heard, I think it seems pretty, I mean, it's a single, it's a little vibey. If you like, if you like that classic styling, it's good. You know, it, if you want something more modern, though, this, this I think, is your, a modern standard. This is your best solution. Plus, this is a twin, so it's a little revier than the single is. Oh, is the um, TU250 a single? TU250 is a single, yeah. They're both fuel-injected. This has, like, good starter. The, uh, the GW250 has good, um, like, has, like, a six-speed transmission. It has a gear position indicator in the dash. The dash on it's quite quite nice. The uh, TU250 has a six-speed, you said? Uh, the, the, G, the GW250. Yeah, the one we're looking at now, yeah. It has a six-speed... And it um, has a gear position indicator, so you know I think it's 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 a really a good bike. I mean, it's a little if if you are a rider, you're going to find it kind of slow, kind of heavy, kind of basic. But that's what it is. You know, I think if you were if you were looking at like a Nighthawk 250, which both of our wives ride a Nighthawk 250, this is the modern equivalent to that. Where it's like it's not super sporty, but it's comfortable and it's reliable. And with this, you get fuel injection. 
Oh, wow. See, now that's fantastic. It's a good-looking bike. Yeah. I think both versions are good-looking, the naked and the feared one. Yeah. Agreed. What's up here? Another angle on it. Let's see. You know, I mean, you can definitely see where it's a beginner bike. Like, the switch gear and the handlebars are not, you know, not $20,000 bike level. I mean, it's cheap kind of-ish, but it's an inexpensive bike, so... Yeah, now making a transition, I walked over, I don't know how I ended up skipping so far ahead, uh, you know, but uh, I may have gone past the booths and seen KTM. This may have been a little bit of a highlight to my trip to the show. As I walk up to, this is not the KTM dealer, this is a uh, an aftermarket uh, KTM service. Yeah, it was uh, the KTM dealer in Woodstock. So it wasn't, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the corporate booth, it was a, a dealer booth. Exactly, and, and so I walk up and I, I see a great bike and I decide uh, in my in my amateurish way, I'm going to take a knee and take a photo of the motorcycle. And I hear a whistle and a snap. And all of a sudden, these two ladies appeared out of nowhere. The uh, KTM models for Wisconsin just show up and pose right next to the motorcycle. Made a really great shot. And it's a good-looking bike. I guess... Um, what are we, is this the Duke 690 or is this the Super Duke? I, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. Uh, I know that they had... You know, I wish I could move that tag that's in front of me right there. Um but I remember that my friend Neil, uh, Neil Sullivan, who has written for BMW in the past, he really was kind of blown away by the fact that the frame was painted. And I don't know if KTM does that by default or if this is a pull-apart revamp, but uh, it looks freaking sharp. Either way, amazing bike. And I know that one particular Polish friend of mine, one Andrew, I can't pronounce his last name, uh, he is going to drool for this particular series of photos as he owns an earlier model of the 990 which he's been modifying to death. And I mean, even the older models from years past, they make a glass clutch cover. I don't know if you've ever seen that on a bike, but basically it's just a destruction-proof glass that you sort of fasten on the side and you can see all the fluids rolling around while the clutch operates. So it's kind of sticking it to Ducati and saying you don't really have to do an open clutch. You can always just do glass. Yeah, well, too, if you're actually going to ride it on the street and not just on the track, you know, you don't want to get all that street gunk in your, you know, in your clutch. Yeah, it is a moving part, right? Yeah. It's your turn. What do you tell me what you're looking at here? Now I know that's the 990. That is the Super Duke. Um, yeah, what's it's actually isn't it bigger now? It might It is. So is that oh is it 1100 or 1000 or something? That's the 1290. 1290 Super Duke. Yeah. So it's a naked it's well just like a Street Fighter 1300 is basically what we're talking about. Two cylinder 75 degree it's 1,300 cc's. <laughs> it's a 650 twin. That is a monster bike right there. I bet you that, wow, beautiful. Yeah, that's the, that's the one. I don't even remember when the, that there was like a video going out uh, when that was still in prototype. And it's basically just two and a half minutes of a guy burning out around an airport. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I remember that. I saw that. It's got a natural, I mean, they really took everything that uh, hipsters are trying to bring to cafe racers and just made it a modern bike. And said, yeah, here you go. I mean, it's really just a, a hooligan death machine. It is. I mean, it's a beautiful, it's, beautiful thing. It's a, yeah, the you know, trellis frame, giant V-twin motor, and slick tires. And, <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. It's just a motor and wheels to make you go spin out and crash. And you will go in every which way you want extremely quickly. Except straight. Now, <laughs> now the Triumph, there was, this was hidden in the back corner on day one. Uh, Triumph, there were two Triumph bikes being given away. One was a Speed Triple. The other is this Triumph Daytona. I signed up to get this bike, and uh, I ended up getting—I uh, ended up signing up for the triple. 
Because that's how I am. I didn't pay attention. I wanted to sign up to get the Daytona. And here we are with uh, my application, which I still haven't heard back from. Go ahead and call me. I'm ready to pick that bike up, whatever you let me know. That's a good-looking bike, though. Yeah, it was uh, the Triple 1090 and the Daytona, um, which are both good-looking bikes. I wouldn't mind. Um, I mean, they may be a little sporty for me because I'm tall. and I'd be tight. I'd be sore after about 40 minutes on one of those. Okay, this is this is all your show right here. We're looking at the Kawasaki versus. Yes, I went to the Kawasaki booth. Well, I test rode a versus the old, the last generation versus 650 um, in the fall, and really liked it. It was actually one of the when I got my BMW, it was one of the bikes I was looking at, and you know the BMW sort of came my way before a versus came my way. And in retrospect, I kind of, as much as I love my BMW, I kind of wish I would have gotten a versus just because they still make them. And there's more parts available, and there's more aftermarket for it. Um, but yeah, this 2015, they finally brought over the Versus 1000, which has been in Europe for it's on the the list of good European bikes. So, so what do we have before then? Just the Versus 650. Okay, so the, so the America only got the 650. Yeah, we 1, only had the 650, which is uh, basically uh, a, a 650 Ninja on stilts. <laughs> like it's the same motor and a similar chassis design as the Ninja 650, but it's got you know five inches of suspension, and uh, you know came with a little windshield. The, the The first generation, the older one or the first two, kind of had love it or hate it styling with um, a sort of stacked headlight. And for 2015, and the the Versus 1000 in which was only available in Europe, had a, a similar uh, styling cue. Um, but for 2015, they sort of gave it a more ninja-esque styling cue with a little more fairing and dual headlights and more windshield. Um, and then they brought the 1000 over to the United States, which is the same as the um, KX1000, KZ1000. Yeah, the KZ1000. Okay. This definitely has a like that same robust. Yes, yeah, the KZ1000. It's the same engine. Um, they they retune it a little bit um, to give it uh, more mid range uh, mid range grunt. So it's kind of got more of a linear torque pull, whereas the uh, you know the the K the KZ is um, you know is peaky. It's a sport bike engine. You got to really get it up. You know over. 7,000 RPMs, you get that surge of power and the really high power band. Yeah, yeah. the Versus is, is way flatter. So, um, you know, it's, it's maybe not, you don't get that high rev surge of power, but you get, you get that pull all the way from like 3,000 RPMs. Definitely fits you. Did it feel comfortable? Yeah, I, the bike is super comfortable, you know, being a, a taller rider. Um, you know, a lot of the sportier bikes just, you know, I could sit on them for about, 40 minutes, an hour, and then, you know, I'm just going to be, my knees are going to start cramping up and, you know, my legs are going to hurt. So, and I look kind of silly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, the, the Versus 1000, especially is a, it's a pretty sizable bike. Um, you know, they, they, uh, they only import it in the LT trim, which has, um, comes with the saddlebags. But it's got, you know, adjustable windscreen, hand guards. Saddlebags were spacious and really nice. They were integrated mounting points. So when you, How many liters are we talking? Um, a, a reasonable amount. I'd have to look up the specs on that. I mean, they, they full, look big. full face helmet. You know, you can fit a full yeah, face definitely. helmet in each, in each pannier. Um, top case is an option. When top case comes, uh, it's a GV. There, I mean, GV built luggage. And the top case, if you get it, comes wired for lights. That could spell trouble for you in the future, though. Take it from me. Yeah, if you if you, if you wire it up right, it's not an issue. 
Yeah, or if you go <laughs> with uh, Twisted Throttle, which is always good. Let's see here. Uh, oh, okay. The big girl. The big girl's looking good. I'm talking about the Kawasaki Concourse. Uh, is that the Z1400 or ZG1400? What they call this? Uh, just this Concourse 14, right? Yeah, I think it's the, yeah, C14 is the known moniker, is, you know, in short, shorthand moniker. And in this green, I just think that, I think she looks really good, but she's still, she's still like the confident big girl at prom, you know, she's got the bright green dress and she, she, you know, she knows that she's standing out, but she just looks kind of rocking. And I, I personally, it's not my bike. It's not my bike to buy. I, it's not my style. It doesn't have enough of a, it's not nimble enough in my world. And it's got that enormous uh, wheel span, but all in all, it's, I think it's a, like it's developing still for the better. It seems to have its good years, its bad years. Yeah, well, definitely, if you want, you know, if you want a sport tour, a full-on big, you know, big sport tour. I mean, that's and that's really the distinction is that things that are called sport tour now are like twelve hundred cc's and above. It's mm-hmm. the concourse, it's the FJR, it's the R twelve hundred RT, or even sometimes they consider the R sixteen hundred. Or the K well, but you can in you can back up on that. I debate that that well, anything above eight hundred is the magic number in my mind. Because if you well, look I'm at the F eight hundred, I'm saying this, what you're going to see that says sport touring on the on the sticker, screams it right on the sticker that says this is a sport touring machine. They're all going to be big. You can take sportier bikes that are smaller and make them sport touring bikes. I mean, other than like the F eight hundred GT is probably the only. I mean, who else? Who else sells a midsize bike? With a windshield and panniers. That's a good question. I mean, maybe there are a couple of Suzuki's. It's it's like making the conversion. Yeah, which I'm a big yeah, I'm a big fan yeah, of making. But I'm saying, and this is sort of where you know the, the maybe not the market as much as the production is going is you know you have that the concourse the FJR you know, production intended. Yeah, those big big displacement, long wheelbase, lots of luggage, long distance sport haulers. But I mean, I think though too compared to the competition, this is. A lot of motor. I mean, the fourteen hundred is just going to rip your arms off. It's not maybe as nimble as the FJR, but here's a good example. Now let's let's talk about a short trip sport tour. This is a Ninja six fifty in black gloss, and it seems to me that I mean those are standard position bars. It's got the sexy aerodynamic look, but you get the upright position. Yeah, I mean that's the Ninja's always been sort of a. I don't want to say, I don't want to say a, a poser sport bike, but it's been... It's a standard standard sport yeah, it's bike, a, standard it's a, position. It's a sporty standard. Like, they make it look... You know, it's always been fair. Do you go back to, like, the ER6 or the ER500, like, the old, like, you know, Ninja 500 with that twin? was not Or the GSX. was too. not a sporty bike. Yeah, it, I mean, the thing is, it's nimble. I mean, you could probably do things. Yeah, you're not going to be mean, as well, forward. Well, now, now they are. I mean, they've, they've definitely improved over the years. But, you know, it has that, that fairing. It has that sport bike look, but with... Regular handlebars, lower foot pegs. So yeah, you could you could definitely like I said, this you could basically make this a, a lower. Like I said, this and the Versus 650 are, are pretty much the same bike, except the Versus is taller, has a more relaxed seating position. But if you want a sportier seating position, you want to be lower to the ground. You could easily and they and they make there's a huge aftermarket and huge following for the Ninja, so you could always put bags on it. I think they even there's even there's even hard bag options, yeah. The, the concept of a conversion, this one kind of fits the bill. I mean, if you're looking for something that's more like a weekend getaway sport tour, something that's not from here to Portland, per se, um, in either direction from here in Chicago, uh, this is a good bike in terms of if I'm going up into Wisconsin, I'm going to do some riding. You know, I've got my, I've got my, it's not technically vintage yet, I've got my Hawk GT here that I'm going to start building up. And I'll probably bring that up by you a couple of times just to enjoy in the twisties. But this is a good example of a, a newer bike 
that you could probably add luggage to and use for heavier function. Yeah, the, the 650 is a good, it's a really great platform. I said this is maybe the the current iteration of uh, a UJM. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like obscure. it's, it's going to look sporty, but it's got slightly more relaxed ergonomics. So it's still sporty, not full standard. Um, I'd say the Versus is closer to that, but the Versus is kind of that adventure sport category, so it's pretty tall. So if you're not, if you're not, you know, long leg, you might have an issue with the Versus 650, or you can always lower it. Because that's yeah, you're still one of us. Yeah, and that's or if we could just do this. Let's just get the H2R. Tour. We'll just get the H2R and convert it into a commuter bike. Well, it's how many how many horsepower? Well, the R is not street legal, but it's you know claimed <laughs> three hundred uh, claimed three hundred horsepower. So yeah, all right. I mean, it's th- cute. This is uh, you know, this is just a basically Kawasaki was like, well, we could get bikini girls and become Ducati, or we can build a supercharged carbon fiber death machine <laughs> and have people oogle over that instead. Which I think was a good idea. I mean, you can get the the H two is the um the the version you can uh, ride on the street, which doesn't have the carbon fiber, and is I think the H two is only like two hundred horsepower. It's not as high strung. Uh-huh. So that's the one you can buy for an exorbitant amount of money. But for an even more exorbitant amount of money, you can get the H two R. That's track only and three hundred horsepower. To think that that Honda, there's that GL, absolutely. Amazing vintage GL. Um, you know, I would just just because yeah, well, they had just to go back to the GL for a second because they had the um, the the CB eleven hundred. I don't remember if you remember when that came out. The CB eleven hundred. That was um, that vintage. It was eleven hundred CC inline four. It's basically a modern interpretation of an old CB seven fifty, but it's like fuel injected. It looks like a bike from the six the, or the the seventies. Um, and I would love if they took that concept with the flat four and like redid like a naked gold wing. Oh yeah. Did, it's that, due time. It wasn't the, what's the, they brought back the, the, the Valkyrie with 1800 C, like the current gold wing engine, the 1800 CC flat six. It's like a power naked cruiser bike based on a gold wing platform, which is cool if that's your, that's your style, but I'd love to see one that looks like a UJM from the seventies, uh, with a, Give flat, it more with of a, a flat yeah. four. Yeah, modern, modern, modern equivalent with uh, throwback flair is basically. That's yeah, you know, I mean, keep it injected, yeah, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, injected. But I mean, it was you know, it's already water cooled. Being better forks, better brakes, all that modern stuff, better suspension. But you know, basically take the the CB eleven hundred and just put a flat four in it, and I think that'd be awesome. Right here, I can't lie. The Honda VFR Interceptor may very well be my next board tour, and I mean, I get that it is, it is right right on the line just between sport bike and standard motorcycle um but if you're comfortable leaning forward which luckily i'm you know i'm a smaller guy i'm five seven then this is a bike that for me i i can lean forward a little bit without it really doing too much damage to my lower back and i i can tell you if they make a luggage package for this and i know they do uh this is what a bike just beautiful uh, the luggage itself and i think that i've seen it on other vfrs it's a little bit low and so low, in fact, that it actually has a divot underneath to shape the exhaust. And that, uh, that doesn't look right to me. It also looks a little bit hazardous. And, you know, you could probably cook an egg inside the base of it. But uh, if they make it a little bit higher this round, I think they're really... I think they're, uh, that Honda, they might be onto something there with these motorcycles that they're making. Yeah, well, the, you know, the VFR making a comeback, I mean, it's always been popular. It's always been a, a sport touring 
I mean, you know, people have always, I mean, the, that V4 motor just sounds great. It has so much low end, you know, grunt to it. It, it. It's a great around town bike. And there's always been, uh, you know, a cult following for the VFR and, and people have, have definitely, you know, turned them into sport tours in the past. And I think that the, the newest iteration of it, um, is, is right there with it. I mean, easily, you know, like I said in that range of mid-sized bikes, looks like getting to the, uh, Getting to the engine might be kind of a hassle, though. That looks like a one-piece fairing almost. Um, yeah, a couple um, of bolts and it comes off. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it's not can't be any worse than my BMW. So you say it's a four banger, yeah? It's a V four, yeah, yeah. The VFR, um, you know, classic, you know, V four growly engine. But yeah, I mean it's it's always sort of had that. Um, you know, it's sort of what we were talking about earlier, where if you if you go by what the manufacturers say is sport touring, you're going to buy a twelve hundred plus CC long distance, you know, you're not old enough to own the Goldwing yet sort of bike. But, or an F800 GT. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Winning. but this is in, definitely in, in that category of, of <laughs> mid-sized bikes you can you can convert. Um, yeah, I like, this. This, I like the, the Ninja, simple dial, too. You know, the, the GSX. I like the, I like the fact it's probably got a digital readout for the speedometer and just a single dial for the RPMs right in front of you. That's freaking hype. Yeah, the big analog tack. There, there you go. This is here's your uh, here's Travis's genre. If, if for those of you who don't know it already, uh, there are a couple of writers for the site who are very particular to their their joy of adventure. What would be some call adventure sport, but really it's just sport touring on steroids. It's the same. It's the same general bracket, and uh, I used to argue it because I'm personally more attracted to road bikes that are equipped with luggage. By road bike, I mean sport bikes. Uh, luggage equipped sport bikes i find them uh, that they really draw me in i fi- i think that that's a lot of fun to me there's the whole idea of getting from here to california as fast as possible and trying to get a knee down at the same time whereas travis is uh very familiar with more comfort uh things that in in a bad situation if you needed to ride in the dirt you probably could like if you roll into dinosaur national monument at sunset and the campgrounds down a five mile dirt track yeah that for example uh you know was, what did I say? Yeah, you go on ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll catch up here on my Bandit 1200. Yeah. But, I mean, what, too, what we're looking at here, this is the F800 GS. It's really, I mean, I think this is out of the realm of sport. I mean, this is an adventure bike. I mean, you know, people put, you can put road tires on it, and people do, and they ride it as a street bike. But, you know, I think that's on the far, far cusp of, uh, it's, uh, it's on the adventure side of the spectrum for sure. It's just got a huge butt. The thing has got so much luggage action going on. It's intended to, it's intended to protect and survive. You know? Yeah, well, it's got its own military base built right. Yeah, you know, it's the long way around uh, sort of bike. You know, where I feel like the, you know, like the versus is maybe that more adventure sport, uh, where it's you know, got street street wheels on it, or the uh, you know the Multistrada is more adventure sport, where it's got that adventure bike style and flair to it but it's you know in the adventure bike ergonomics um but you know it's really a street bike underneath whereas yeah, the, the, like the gs is our adventure bikes at its heart at its core yeah and of course the grandpa machine here we've got the is that the gl the 1600 bmw 1600 gl that's the yeah the k 1600 k 1600 k 1600 lt lt there you luxury go luxury tour yes so that's <laughs> Which uh, did you know it has six cylinders? It has six cylinders. 
if you're confused about whether or not it has six cylinders, if you look at the side of the engine cases, there's a six on it. And when you turn it on, it says six. And on the dashboard, there's a six. And oh, there's three. There's six exhaust holes in the exhaust. How do you how do you activate the uh, the cognac snifter? How do you get the how do you well, where's the ca- well, the cognac it, dispenser with the glass that comes out? It's, mm-hmm. it's BMW, so that's an option. I'm running a BMW K1600 LT. It's a I fantastic mean, bike. I'm going to beat all of you, huh? It is a fantastic Campbell bike. Run. I mean, really, I'd, it really I'd is. take that it over is. a concourse any day. It, no, you know, you can get potato, potato. It's up to, you know, I guess if I were given the choice, I guess with BMW, I've only ever felt a grunting BMW with the opposed, or not the opposed. The box, is it the, the opposed boxer, twin? Yeah, the boxer twin. The boxer twin. And, you know, I've, I, I'm more of a fan. If it's going to be this, it's going to be the flying brick. I feel like that's a smoother operation. Well, I mean the the straight six is is smooth. That's gonna and be t- and tons of power. Uh, I mean, you know, you get what you pay for. I mean, I've 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 definitely used their jog dial interface. I've test ridden an R twelve hundred RT when you rode Neil's bike. He's got an R twelve hundred RT. That the jog dial on the left hand side. Yeah, I don't know how much you played with that, but. I mean, the, the, it's really a well-designed bike and intuitive, and if you... Well, the automatic windshield alone is pretty much yeah, amazing. Yeah, and well, and electronic suspension, and trash, I mean, it's it's got everything. Um, you pay for it, but, you know, that's what BMW is known for. Yeah, and this in particular, it's going to be a comfortable bike. It's it's beautiful. It's just, it's something that I would consider in my retirement if I don't get myself a vintage, like, Pacific Coast. Oh, yeah. The... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. The um. Now here's the bike I. The other bike I want if I don't get a Kawasaki Versus is the F800 GT. Now that is a sport touring machine in, in nimble profile. Yeah. Just so, Yeah. I mean it's the same. You know, parallel twin 800 from the um, the GS the 800 GS 800R. But you know, full fullish fairing. Most of a fairing. If it's yeah. a full fairing. It's got kind of a half bite the to windsh- it. I mean, it's got the skirt. Windshield and, um, you know, that awesome BMW luggage with the shelf in it where it's, it's a, like a lot of people don't like the clamshell. They prefer the top-loading luggage. Um, but, uh, you know, the the clam, the BMW clamshells are nice because there's a there's a ledge inside the... Um, inside so like you can just set everything on the ledge in the bag and then close it so the bottom of the bag sticks out all the way. And, yeah, I think I saw a photo of that once. Yeah. And then it has uh, the belt drive. Actually, the belt drive that was uh, designed initially for my bike, the F six fifty CS. So the single sided aluminum swing arm with the uh, the pulley drive, which is integrated. They did a way better job with this, other with the styling, the way the um, exhaust is upswept, and with the five lug wheel attachment. So better know, clearance it, for sure. Well, it gives you that floating rear wheel with the single sided swing arm look. That you get that floating rear wheel. Um, you know, and it comes with heated grips. It comes with ABS. It comes with a center stand. Um, so that's, uh, you know, really the the bags are an option because, you know, BMW, it's an option. It's always an option. Yeah, you know, but, uh, as far as like the, the clamshell thing is concerned, I got to say that it's like if, if I can get those off of the bike easily and I can get to my hotel room bed and put it on the bed and open it up like a normal suitcase, I don't really need top loading. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, anything you're – you're going to want to have instant access to is going to be in a tank bag or a top case. Yeah. Right. That's not really, in my opinion, I am, you know, I am HO, your mileage may vary, but, oh, here's the other, the other one I really like. This, yeah, we got it. <laughs> this is, this is also in the genre of adventure sport, the new Yamaha FJ09. So they took the FZ09 platform with that awesome, uh, it was like 890 CC something, um, triple, which you know the triples if you've ever ridden a triumph are just great you get the you get the grunt of a twin and the reviness of a four and it's really 
you know, the best of both worlds. So they took the FZ09 sort of Street Fighter concept, gave it another inch of suspension, uh, relaxed the ergos a bit, put a windshield and handguards on it, and I, I think it looks great. It looks mean, you know. This this will go toe to toe with like the Ducati is in the looks department, I think. Yeah, or more than the Ducati, I would say with the uh, what, what do you think it is up against the uh, Super Tenere? Well, Super Tenere is a different machine. Super Tenere is Super Tenere is an adventure bike. I mean, the Super Tenere is an adventure. I mean, it's got the 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 big front wheel. I mean, this is running seventeen inch. I mean, like I said, it's basically just an FZ an FZ09 that's slightly taller with a windshield and and panniers on it. Which that's actually where I became confused was you know so the FJ are the ones that have more of an ADV profile. And the FZs are the ones that are more lower front ends and sport bikes. Yeah, I mean, the FZ is a street fighter where it's like this. That's the thing, though, is like they call it adventure, but it really, I mean, the styling looks comparable. They just made like a touring version of the FJ09. I, I, I wouldn't even call it adventure styling. They just, that's where the, you know, that's. What, for the FZ series? For the FJ. Oh, for the FJ. I wouldn't okay, say yeah. it's adventure. It doesn't look adventure. I mean, it's angular and pointy, but that's the way the Yamahas look now. That's the way the R1 and the R6 look and the FZs look like. I think it's just like, oh, we took an FJ, we took an FZ09, and we made it a little more comfortable, a little more standard. It's seating. mostly the front end. That little, front end really stands tall. That's yeah, really well, exactly. What I mean, that, that they made a touring version of the of the FZ, and I think that's it. Like you want more suspension when you're touring. Yeah, you know, I guess yeah, you because know, like, look, I mean, the way the exhaust runs underneath it, you're not going to take that thing off road. You couldn't take it. It's got it's got sport rubber on it. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's like the the Versus isn't an off-road bike. I've seen guys convert them, but, um, you know, it's really, uh, it's really, they took their sport bike, they took the Ninja, you know, they took the the KZ, or in this case, they took the FZ, and they, you know, they made it more comfortable, they lifted it up, and they're calling it Adventure Sport, or Adventure-ish, because that's the market, because most of the guys who buy those GSs and the Adventure bikes ride them on the road, so they're like, well, let's just make road bikes and call them Adventure like I said, I, I like the adventure sport moniker, but it doesn't mean that anybody's going to agree, especially when, when uh, you know, they, they actually bill some of those bikes. In fact, they bill that bike as a, quote, sport tourer. So, you know, I have to be open-minded, which I am now, thanks to, you know, most of my writers pretty much hammering me in, in the editing department. Um, I, you know, the FZ1, though, or the FZ07, even still, I see this bike as something I could ride in long term. I could ride this long distances without a problem. It's really about the body type of the rider. If you're tall, you're going to want more suspension. If you're short, you're going to be more co- you're going to be just as comfortable on something stockier and more uh, race ready. Yeah, I thought the, so to speak. I thought the FZ was. I mean, it's a gorgeous bike. I mean, we said I wanted the dealer the other day too, and you know, maybe you, you were looking at me. It was a, a little too small <laughs> for a little bit, for my just six a little bit, you know. Frame, but you know, I mean, you want like an around town, and it's cheap too. It's like yeah. Affordable it's bikes like, are always good. It's like good. six and a half grand. Like it's it's really good. I mean the the F the O nine the FZ O nine looks basically the same. It's just more motor, a little more suspension. I think the components are a little better on the O nine, but the O seven is a great bike. Now I want to talk about this bike in semi passing because quite frankly I find it greatly intimidating in a beautiful beautiful way. We're looking at the Super Tenere, uh, the two thousand fifteen Super Tenere. I don't know how many CCs this bike's this uh, bike is. Twelve hundred. 1200 cc's this one has a winch it has a winch on its butt end uh it seems to have been disconnected or it's missing its cover but the fact of the matter is this thing exists and and i'm not you know i don't think that winch exists to protect the bike i think that winch exists for the bike to help you know that this bike to pull lesser bikes out of the mud yeah this bike could do it this bike could probably pull a small log 
uh, if not at least provide a car with enough stability to drag itself out and in reverse. It's it, just to it, think that, okay, this bike is so girthy and meaty that we're going to add an XT17 rear winch to its actual, to the subframe, not, you know, not any kind of the hull, just the subframe where the top case goes. That is, th- th- that might be like a marketing gimmick. I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if I try, sense. To, try I mean, to pull a bike out with uh, <laughs> the electric winch mounted to my uh, rear luggage. Pull rack. somebody skiing. I'm gonna pull you skiing. Like, you just oh, get this in the has, water. This has a like a, a 30 pound max weight limit. Let's pull something <laughs> on it with a winch. But you know, so I guess one question comes to mind is that uh, if okay, so has any other bike ever done that? Has anybody ever said you can get a winch for this bike? Well, yeah, I, I actually I saw. So I was I was, I was uh, whipping through. Um, it was a cycle trader, maybe Craigslist, and I found, uh, geez, what well, it was not the right bike. It was a Buell, uh, not the Ulysses, but the XB, the X, the uh, the X twelve Buell. So like the not. No, we're not talking about the Harley, Harley manufactured Buell. Yeah, and we're not yeah, talking, we're about, talking the Harley manufactured Buell. Okay, like, you know, not close, Eric Buell Racing. Yeah, close to and It's like one of the old Buell sport bikes. The uh, not the Fireblade. Um, yeah, the 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 non XB, the non X Ulysses, and yeah, someone had put like knobbies and a winch and like rally lights on it, <laughs> and it's like this bike is low to the ground, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you know, same thing with what I'm looking at now, the FJR, FJR 1300. Uh, I've finally come to cuffs with the fact that while, yeah, this is this is kind of like the this is the girl that you just, you know, you want to make things good with her, but it it just isn't a good fit. You know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful machine, a beautiful bike. Uh, But at the same time, it's, uh, it's a struggle for even me at the knees. And uh, like I said, I'm not the tallest man in the world at five, seven, I'm average, but uh, it's like, I get my heels up on, on the pegs there. And yeah, I could see that after probably a solid hour, I'm going to need a break. I'm going to have to stretch. I'm going to have to relax. I'm going to have to take some freaking, uh, what do I got up to there? What's that supplement I take? Um, old uh, like old man, whatever. Old man stuff. Cialis, uh, is that it? <laughs> yeah. So I take my, my Nealis. And then, uh, yeah, this bike, I love the FJR. I just think, I hope that, I hope that the FJR never, ever, ever goes away. But at the same time, for the price and what I think it would do to me physically, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to have that dream, you know, come into play. Uh, still, just a an amazing machine that I know I could have a lot of go fast juice on and do what I like to do. Yeah, I, but, I, I think yeah in the in the world of the 1200 cc sport tour, like you know, like we were talking earlier, the ones that say sport tour on the on the logo that are all big bikes. Like this is probably the best the best handling, and it's it's definitely sexy. Yeah, the best looking bike of um, all. But yeah, it's you know the the riding position is maybe the tightest compared to like the Concourse or you know the BMW, um, yeah. or even like the S the the, the Honda the ST thirteen hundred, which is you oh, know, <laughs> which is pretty pretty dated Bertha. at this point. It's I mean it's kind of they need to re up that revamp that bike. They need to get it angry. They need to they need to have it. It needs to go to the gym. It needs to go to the gym, uh, diet and exercise, and it needs to get angry. Yeah. And then that bike will be something seriously fearsome. And you know, at the same time, they could probably keep some of the old parts interchangeable. At least, well, the engine's good. I mean, but you know, yeah. you know beef up the uh, you know, tune it, retune the engine, put a six-speed transmission, redo the styling on 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 the ST thirteen hundred. I think it'd be a that'd be an amazing bike. And then then it it'd really be running with the uh, with the FJR and the Concourse. But they're making lots of money selling five hundreds and three hundreds right now. So 
They don't have to care. They don't have to care. They're selling cheap bikes cheap <laughs> and making selling a lot of them. So now we got this FZ09 I'm looking at. And uh the FZ09, uh fantastic ride. Yeah, that was really we kind of talked about it when we were looking at the FJ because they're more or less the same bike. It looks like their answer to the KTMs. I mean, sort of like they know KTM's doing well. They know they'll never be KTM, but at least they can provide something that's formidable. Yeah, or like the the GSX F or whatever, you know, that Street Fighter Suzuki. Um, yeah, you know, cause I mean, people like that, you know, the, 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 I mean, Yamaha has been doing this. The FZs have been immensely popular, you know, since they came out cause they, they look tough and they have a more comfortable street fighter. They are tough. Yeah, you know, they got the, tough that, that street fighter riding position where it's like, you're basically, a, it's basically a standard motorcycle sort of riding position, but with sport, sport bike inherited performance. And yeah, it's amazing what you can do with visual ergonomics while maintaining co- like comfortable ergonomics. Yeah, like it looks it looks fast, but you're when you sit on it, you're like, oh wow, this is like upright, and like my knees aren't bent too tight, and it's comfy, and I could totally I could totally rock this. And then this with the uh, right now, what is this? The F is that that's I see an R, R there. is that the R six or the R one? The R one, okay, yeah. Now that's a standard, and that is another example of a bike that is basically saying we know you want to feel some forward motion. You could probably do just about anything you want with it. You could probably get some luggage going. You could uh, you could get risers if you want a more comfortable position. You could put some clip-ons if you want to get really well, not clip-ons, but you could definitely throw different bars on there if you want to get more forward. And yeah. it's an all-around attack bike of sorts. Yeah, I think this might be the R the R six because that was just um, but yeah, but that that that's in that realm too. It's like the uh, the VFR. Or the Ninja, where it's like that mid-size sport bike. It's got a fairing, but it's got regular handlebars, not clip-ons. It's yeah. not super tight tuck, and you can throw some luggage on and make that a, a mid-size sport tour. And I really wish that the you know the um, the manufacturers sort of you know that they offered a, a luggage option for those, or that was you know. It, it was well, thank that, that, thank goodness that for supported. twisted twisted throttle has our back. You know, and they'll probably develop something. I, I was so happy. Uh, you know, that's a whole different topic. I'll do a write up as soon as it's installed. But the, the fact that they actually provided me with an opportunity to get the luggage that I want for a bike that they no longer manufacture the mounting so- hardware for, uh, Twisted Throttle really came through on it. I bet you they probably do it for this as well. Yeah, well, we have to remember too, Twisted Throttle is an importer. Like that, oh. they, 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 this stuff exists in Europe, but you know, of course, it's not a Harley, so they don't sell it here. But now we're looking at this FZ1, same deal. I, I just think that's another bike where it's like it's. This is the this is really the threshold where you can be in a standard position profile with a, a meaty engine and a you know warp space and time as my friend uh, Domino would say. Yeah, um, well, this I mean, I think this is definitely in the same category ish as like the Super Duke, like that big displacement Street Fighter. Just like it's got a this guy's a half fairing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's got a little more fairing on it because it's a fast bike, you know, and they, it's the sportier thing, which I think makes sense because like who wants to go. 90 miles an hour without a, a little Wind bit guard, of Lexan yeah. in front of them, sending the window <laughs> with their helmet, you know, just hanging on for dear life. <laughs> Legs the bars, in the air, feet you know? behind the bike. So I think that's that's sort of where they're going with that. You know, Yamaha yeah. Yamaha maybe has a little more sense. Uh, well, I do feel like with this bike, it makes me want to massage the curves. It, with the Dukes and the... <laughs> with the Dukes and the 990s and the Looks Jello like them Puddin. Duke boys got themselves in a whole heap of trouble. <laughs> Whenever I see a KTM street bike that isn't fully fared, I see a bike that I really just want to like ride into a curb as hard as possible, and it's not going to do any damage to the bike. It is. It makes me. It looks like a fighter, whereas this bike looks more like a like a, a pavement romance machine. You know, it's a little bit, a little bit, a uh, little bit more 
better lines in my yeah, mind. Well, it's it's the, a little bit it's less the, jagged, you know, for I mean, sure. It's the Japanese versus the Austrians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> y'all. And then this thing. <laughs> oh, the CTX. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, what a bike! The CTX. You know, it's like there. This bike. This is an oddity that it 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 really does have a following, though they just don't know it yet. So I have this friend who is. He is a cruiser guy, and that's cool. You know, the cruiser people. I got, no, I got nothing but love for you. Just not my thing, and that's that's just how that is. My buddy is a cruiser man, but he's always wanted something that looked a little bit more racy, I would say. And uh, you know, so he looked at like the new Gold Wings that are going after the bagger, uh, the bagger demographic, and he thought about that. And he even looked at a couple of sport tours, but they, you know, it's like I personally even see him as just you know, enjoy your cruiser, get comfortable, enjoy being low and, and cushy, and just riding around doing your thing. And then, uh, and then I came across this, a Honda CTX, um, and it is quite frankly bizarre. It's a, it's a cruiser profile motorcycle with uh, basically a sport touring fairing, or, or it's a full fairing cruiser that doesn't have the same, what would you say, uh, it, it doesn't have the same dimensions. It, it, has, a much more, it has a much more sporty profile what, what, to it. What this reminds me of is... Um like the DNO one, the lines, or, yeah. the, or even the PC 800. Don't even get me started on that freak show. Um, you know, that whatever they have, that's almost actually like the DNO one. Now that's super ugly. I, I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. Um, just wrong. That, like, split fork front. Fairing. We call it in incorrect is what we call it. But yeah, well, this is funny. So the CTX actually, it has the same, um, the same engine as the NC 700. So it's the laid down parallel twin. Um, so laid down. Okay, so it's so, uh, so the, the twin leans forward. It's act- the cylinders are parallel to the ground. Ish, they're not quite parallel to the ground, but they're okay. they're laid forward. So that's why the on the NC, which kind of has like a, uh, I guess we could call it adventure sport. It's not very sporty. It has an adventure bike styling with with road wheels. It's more of a, more of a standard, in the, in just in the modern style. Um, but it has that uh, stow bay where it has like where the gas tank normally would be. There's just a big open area where you like it'll, uh, it, it'll hold a yeah. full face helmet because the engine is cantered forward it's That's like your bike um yeah similar to to my bike um and then the gas tank is under the seat though with the with the nc the the filler cap is under the pillion seat which i think is a dumb idea because then you can't strap anything down to the pillion seat well, how does that tie back to the ctx oh so it's the same it's the same engine anyway um, okay all so, right and, and so is and, it inline that, is it inline twin it's yeah it's a parallel twin it's a parallel twin that's canted forward like 70 degrees or something like that. Um, but it's also, uh, it's, it's made in the same, the, those engines are cast in the same factory that cast the Honda Fit engine, which is an inline four. It's basically just half a Honda Fit engine that's canted forward. And like a car engine, it's under square, which is weird. Like, so most, most, um, most motorcycle engines are over square where the, the, the stroke is shorter than the bore is wide. On these, it's the other way. So the stroke is longer than the bore is wide. So it's basically popping up like a freaking groundhog. Um, yeah. So it's like this. There's more throw in there. So it's super torquey, but it only revs to like six and a half thousand. Like it's really short revved. Wow. You can't rev it okay. up high because of the because of how far the pistons have to move. So it's uh, you know it kind of drives more like a car. And then actually this this engine and the one we're looking at here, if you know, if you look at the the left foot peg there, there's no shifter. Oh, this is an automatic. Yeah, the engine has uh, Honda's dual clutch transmission, which the the NC also has. So you can, 
there's no shifter. You can go in manual mode. I'm doing air quotes, manual mode, and press uh, up down buttons on the left handlebar to shift, or just put it in full automatic. And then there's also like a there's a sport mode and a normal mode for the automatic shifting where the sport revs it out a little bit more. But I wonder if they offer a shift version. Um, yeah, you can get it with a standard transmission. Nice. That's see now that's a good start. Yeah, which I think, I think I, and at least on the used market for the NC. Um, there's, I think those have been much more popular, at least in the United States. Um, the luggage is even the luggage has a little bit of, they've put it probably in just the right position where you can't really quite decide whether or not, uh, we're dealing with a, a cruiser and bagger luggage, or if we're dealing with sort of like an almost gold wing sport bike. Yeah. Which actually I think, you know, and I think this has a, a, a wide appeal for people who are maybe older and getting back in the bikes or getting the bikes like the midlife crisis guy who's got some sense. <laughs> and the midlife crisis guy is not going to go drop 18 grand on a Harley or buy a Busa and kill himself. For people who are just getting a little bit uncomfortable on uh, the bikes they've ridden in the past. Well, I'm saying or... some, someone who, who's new to motorcycling. Um, you know, cause it'd be a comfortable bike. It's super, you know, but like you want, you want that cruiser stance, but you don't want a big heavy cruiser. You want a little more comfort or you want the automatic transmission or you just like the, you know, the, the sort of sport ish styling. Cause that's kind of been a thing too. Uh, Kawasaki just came out with the Vulcan S, um, which actually has the same, uh, motor as the Ninja, but it's like a sporty cruiser. Um, Harley's got the new 500 and 700 street, which are kind of like sportier, lighter, you know, cruiser things because they, you know, Americans like they, they like cruisers. That's what the market likes. So the only thing I, I really don't like about the this bike, about the CTX, is the you know it, it does do a cruiser riding position, but the foot pegs are way out in the middle. And like <laughs> I'm six one, I have a thirty four inch inseam, and I think the foot pegs are too far forward. Like I so this is basically like a it's basically a brawler is what it is. It's sort of like you're going to a free. It's as though you're about to go into the mosh pit. Yeah. Well, what I don't get like let's say you're a shorter rider. Um, you know, or maybe like a female rider has a shorter inseam and you might like, you might be drawn to this bike because of the super low seat height. Cause it's got that cruiser sort of seat position, mm -hmm. but you're not going to be able to reach the foot pegs. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I'll beep this part out, but we have a, we have a moniker for that. We call it the tank basically. Yeah. And <laughs> freaking hilarious. All but, right. Um, um, but you know, but they, um, they also have, uh, a, a very similar style bike with the, uh, 30, with the, the engine from the ST 1300. Do they? Yeah, so you can get like if you if you like it and you like that cruiser, you want a little more sport, um, you can get it with the ST thirteen hundred V four engine in it and uh, have a thirteen hundred CC. Only that doesn't have an automatic option because the engine doesn't have a transmission set up for it. But you can get it. You can get the CTX in the thirteen hundred. This is the last bike I got photos of, and this is the tro the Trophy S. Um, you know, I think that they kind of it's as though they are there are a couple bikes by Trophy that seem to follow suit. And it not it's not that they necessarily imitate, but they do definitely take some cues. And I, I guess part of part of me wishes that wasn't the case. If this was moving by at forty miles an hour and didn't say trophy, yes, R twelve hundred RT, I'd say it looks like an R twelve hundred RT. Yeah, yeah, and you can see it in the front end, and they've done that a couple of times. So you know, if you look at the third generation of Bandit before it became the GSX FA, that particular bike had a uh, a really sharp combination light so instead of having uh, an obvious set of eyes on the front it had a giant knife for a front lamp and uh the, the pretty much the day they brought that out tro trophy announced that they were going to develop uh some bikes and so the sprint the tri uh, i'm sorry the triumph sprint literally if you put them side by side 
the Triumph Sprint, as incredible as that motorcycle is, and as much as I'd probably trade my Bandit for one, uh, it almost looks like a lesser version of the third generation Bandit. And the same thing seemed to happen with uh, the Trophy S here, which I'm telling you, it really just is, uh, it's a, probably a much angrier engine on an R1200 RT, if I could say it that way. And it's like, you know, I, I think of my friends who own Triumph motorcycles, and they take a lot of pride in those bikes, and I can see why, but it doesn't change the fact that now, having seen this and having seen the Sprint, it's as though Triumph motorcycles remind me of bikes that uh, I'm already more familiar with. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's yeah, in the opposite direction. At least with their, at least with their touring bikes. I mean, obviously, like the the Bonneville or the Tiger. Oh yeah, that's a are their are their own thing or the um, you know the Street Triple. Um, yeah, and the Speed, speed Triple is an, an icon in motorcycles, well, and especially with those like the dual headlamps that 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 look. Uh, you know, it's very signature, but and I think too, I mean, if you're, if you're in the, like if you're in the market for that, um, you know, big displacement sport tourer, I think the trophy is a viable option too. I mean, it's going to be more comfortable than the FJR or the concourse. I think it's going to be sportier than, um, than the, the R1200 RT than the BMW. I think it's just going to feel less, you know, cause that even with the new water cooled, uh, boxer engine, you know, that I feel like that, always kind of has a, a bit of a tractor feel to it. You know, that, yeah. that twin just always, you know, I mean, it's got tons of torque and that's good, but you know, if you want Revy, um, you know, I think, you know, the, the trophy is a viable option because you get the wind protection, you get all the, the, the bells and whistles that you can get on the other big touring bikes. Um, you know, but it's just something a little bit different. And it, especially too, if you look on the used market, you know, they're, they're out there and the, the market, isn't uh, as hungry for them, so if they're if they're out there, they're usually less expensive than than a comparable BMW or or Yamaha. That brings up a good point. Any, anybody out there who's listening to this, if you're looking for uh, you know a particular type of motorcycle, any kind of a filter results within the sport touring market, or if even if otherwise, feel free to visit the site uh, at www.theridingobsession.com, and then under services. Look for motorcycles for sale because they link to pre-filtered results on eBay, and that helps us help the site to help you. We also have to be nice to our Triumph owners out there because, uh, you know, we have a couple of friends that ride speed triples, and they're not—they're—they're they're missing some bolts. The, you know? the riders, not the bikes. The bike. The, the, bu- bikes, the bikes are, are fantastic. Great. It's the riders you got to worry about. One, Mister uh, John Ravilla of uh, the Seat Guy, John the Seat Guy. Look him up on Google. Fantastic motorcycle seats. But you can just tell if you you talk to them, don't look at them in the eye too long. You got to be careful about that. Um, so that's a quick look at our IMS show uh, escapades. Uh, 2015 around. International Motorcycle Show, Chicago at Rosemont. What's it called? The Donald D. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont, Illinois. <laughs> followed by followed by uh, all kinds of travel havoc trying to get uh, Travis here back home to Madison. Oh, yeah, it's you know I'm 31 and. <laughs> I I remember taking buses in college. Actually, the bus ride was fine. It was just my leaving my bag in my coat in Rich's truck when he left without me. That was bad. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, good as always. People, don't forget to visit us online. We could use your support. That's www.theridingobsession.com. I'm Robin Dean. I'm Travis Burleson. And we will talk to you again via this podcast in the near future. Have a good one. That's our episode for this round. Tune in next time for more discussion on all things specific to sport touring or universal to motorcycling as a whole. For theridingobsession.com, I'm Robin Dean. I'm Travis Burleson. Safe travels, everyone.